most of the stuff is still gonna be free and that is marketing. That's how you get people into your funnel, you get people into your ecosystem, get people excited with you and for lack of a better word, like literally obsessed with you enough that they would become your raving fan and pay you for something that they could get for free. Hey, welcome to the Video Entrepreneur Podcast powered by Uscreen.tv. This is your host, Rob Balasabas, Head of Partnerships here at Uscreen. And in this episode, we have Jamie Myers joining me to talk about the creator economy and marketing a video business in 2022. Jamie is our Director of Marketing here at Uscreen. She's also a creator herself and a parent of three, which includes her very cute, very adorable puppy, which you can meet if you follow her on Instagram. Formerly known as being Insta-famous, she's made a career for herself in the creator space, enabling marketing teams to create innovative and exciting omni-channel strategies. She was formerly the director of marketing at two massively successful fitness brands and has started not one, but to marketing and advertising strategies as well. Now these days, Jamie's based in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we'll never let anyone forget she's a true Wisconsin girl at heart. You're gonna enjoy this conversation a lot. I know I will. So without further ado, let's meet Jamie. All right, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. I'm <laughs> really excited to have you here. This is, I think you're the first team member uh, that is a guest. Uh, during my time as a podcast host here. So uh, really excited to have you. Uh, before we you know, jump into, I've got a bunch of questions because you've got a, a, a really awesome track record of running different businesses on the marketing side. Um, why don't you just introduce our, yourself to our audience out there? Thank you. It's really an honor to be here. I'm really excited to be chatting with you today, Rob. I feel like I'm in the presence of somebody who's very famous because you seem to know everybody. And so I'm Stop. really excited to be on the Video Entrepreneur Podcast. So thank you for inviting me. So to answer your question and introduce myself a little bit, I'm Jamie Myers. I'm the Director of Marketing here at Uscreen. Currently, I may be one of the only people in existence. It's just a joke to have actually gone to college for what I do for a living, which which I never thought that I'd be kind of in this atmosphere of advertising and media buying, but I'm really fortunate to have found it. So um, my background, let's see. Uh, for the past few years, I've been working in fitness marketing, and now I've come over into Uscreen. I got here really because during during the pandemic, the fitness company that I was working for wanted to do live streaming, wanted to do video on demand. And so we were using Uscreen. And so I became really familiar with it. And so that's how I got here, which is really exciting. Um, before that, uh, I had started not one, but two marketing agencies of my it's own. Crazy. The first more in the social media and content creation space, was, which was really fun. Um, but then I made a shift into kind of like the corporate space, if you can call it that. And then in between my last couple of jobs and Uscreen, I started another one doing Facebook advertising for a lot of small businesses in the fitness space. And so it's been a really varied and interesting career, kind of non-traditional, but so much fun because I've gotten to connect with so many different types of creators, business owners, both big and small. That's incredible. Yeah, you are. Um, I want to talk about sort of your experience as a creator as well. Uh, but funny enough, like with... For you, you mentioned college. You went to Wisconsin, right? Is that true? It's like you're you're Wisconsin. Yes, yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell us about that. How well, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah. Good question. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin. I will never let anybody forget. <laughs> I'm kind of a Midwest girl at heart. I've got that Canadian accent. <laughs> um, and so I grew up there. 
right after high school, I actually went to a smaller college and then transferred to UW. Um, and it took me a really long time to to graduate college. It took eight years. I, I went part-time for most of it because I had children really young, which was, to me, didn't seem like a big deal. But now people are like, wow, that's like a really hard thing to do. And I've started to kind of come to terms with that. Um, but it was a great experience. It was a little bit different for me in that I was very much like a adult student for for a lot of the time that I was in college so I wasn't like in the party scene it's a very much a party school um but, but also really really high education level I went to um the school of journalism and I went like nine months pregnant which wow. to me now is like wow like I didn't even think it was a big deal at the time because I just felt like I had to do it but um, I think that that probably was harder, especially with the Wisconsin winters and snow, snow boots trudging to class, and I didn't live near campus, so it was really hard, but I had some really cool professors there who really um, kind of pushed me in the right directions at the right times in my life. I remember um, I was in a class, it was in one of my like intro classes in journalism, and I was like, I want to be a New York Times reporter, or I want to be like on TV, like that was all I wanted to be, along with like most journalism students, I think at the time, we all wanted to kind of work for the New York Times or be on the Today Show or something. And I got a paper back and the, the TA came up to me and she said, you do not have a voice for reporting. And I was like, what? And she said, you really should go into PR. And so um, from there, I started to go more in that direction in my field. and. I thought that I was going to end up in PR, but in that kind of strategic communication space, there was also media planning and media buying, which is what, what drew my interest the most in that advertising space. I, I definitely, at that time, still thought that I was going to be like at the upfronts in New York City buying ads during the Super Bowl. And that's not quite how it panned out. Really lucky to have discovered social media and the digital space. Mm. And now I buy lots of ads on Facebook. So here you are. Here you are. Yeah, no, you know, um, I don't think I've told you this, but actually I, I never went to, I went to school for marketing at the tail end of my like school, my college years. I actually went to school for accounting. So I wanted to be like a stockbroker um. suit uh, back in the day, which is definitely the opposite of life now. Like I'm literally in sweats and uh, sweater. So most of the time. Which is way more fun. I cannot picture you as that, but I think you're in the right space. I got a C in accounting. I also tried to go into business school and I did not do well. And so I abandoned shift really, really quickly. Yeah, no, no, no. Accounting and like, yeah, was not for me. But yeah, no, that's that's really cool. You know, um, you know, talking about journalism, I actually follow uh, this guy named Johnny Harris. He used to be one of the faces for Vox um, and yeah. talking about like how you're, you wanted to get into journalism and like, you know, but I'm seeing a lot of people that are like in that world sort of breaking off into their own channels. Like they'll work for a big, you know, uh, publication or like a big corporate media, I guess. And then they'll break off and have their own voice on YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah, that's very true. I think I follow a, a girl on Instagram who was a big face for one of those online publications. Maybe it was BuzzFeed, mm -hmm. maybe another one, but she's now broken off. She's got her own big personal brand, creating a lot of the same types of content, yeah. but just kind of decided to go do it on her own instead of for the, the corporate entity, which I think is really indicative of like this creator world that we live yeah. in. Like you don't have to work for the man. Yeah. You can kind of just do your own thing and create amazing, amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, on that, on that note, um, 
let's let's talk about the creator economy because this is something you're very familiar with. Um, what do you think about now? There is the shift of business owners sort of identifying themselves as creators as well as entrepreneurs. Like it's the like it's like very cool to be a startup founder slash creator, right? Like I think it's like sort of the next, the new like rock star thing, you know, like I'm a founder uh, and then I'm also a creator, right? So what do you, what do you think of this trend? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally love it. I love the world of creators. Mm -hmm. I love that more people are in tune with this idea of creativity than ever before. I think probably even 10 years ago, we'd have more of the population saying like, I'm not creative, I can only do X, but now we see people that are of all types, from people like accountants, to doctors, to artists, to a lot of different types of creators, really identifying themselves as creator or as founder. And I think a lot of that really has to do with um, the digital landscape, with social media, and with people who, who did make it really big, make it seem really attractive. Kind of like how, you know, pro athletes used to, when, when I was a kid anyway, it was like you wanted to be that because you saw these big names or you wanted to be an actress or something like that. And now it's like, it seems kind of easy to make it in the creator space. I can say for sure that's not the case, but um, it seems like a really viable thing to do and like really fun with all this freedom that goes along with it, which I think um, millennials and Gen Z and Gen Alpha and, and everybody kind of feels like it's really appealing to have that freedom, be able to do what you want to do and be able to create your kind of own space. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is your, what's your favorite uh, platforms to consume content? Oh, <laughs> These days, my favorite platform is for sure. TikTok. I will admit it. A couple of years ago, I remember I was sitting at a desk next to um, one of my workmates who worked in it and I, I looked at him and I said, TikTok is going to be huge. It's going to be a really big deal. And he was like, back then it really was like more like teenagers, musically kind of stuff, like dance videos. Um, and I just knew, I was like, how easy is it for somebody to create content on here? Um, so I'm a really big fan of TikTok these days. I actually found myself the other night, um, I was kind of trying to watch TV, kind of trying to watch Netflix, but I also was like, drawn to my phone which i think we yep. all are these yep. days like multi-platform multi multi-device multi users but i actually paused and turned off my tv just to watch tiktok because i kind of was like just more engrossed in the content there um and the interesting thing about tiktok is like everybody's on a different version of it so like rob's on a different version of tiktok than jamie than some of our other workmates than my kids even who are in that kind of like teenage phase yep. they're definitely there and we all are getting different kinds of content but, but for me it was really consumable content really quick stuff but also helpful informative um and not just kind of like dance videos and so that's what draws me to the platform so i'm a big tiktok fan i will say like i i grew up on instagram and so i'm, I'm a big fan of that too it's like where where my where my where my creator fame comes from for sure is on instagram and i can't I can't let that platform go as much as <laughs> I don't always love the love the things going on there. I don't think they're keeping up quite as much with some of the other channels. Um, and lately also, I think I've gotten like more into YouTube. Mm. I've always been a little, little bit hesitant personally of YouTube just because 
I, I grew up on TV and so I consume a lot of Netflix. I'm like a champion binger in that arena. And so I never quite like got into watching YouTube as an alternative right. where I know a lot of people that, that I'm friends with do kind of consume content there more in that way. Um, but I think for me, I enjoy short form content the most because it's quick to consume. I'm really busy. I've got a lot going on and I don't have as much time for, for long form. Like even when I am watching Netflix, it's like for the most part shows I've already seen. Um, so it's like in the background, I don't need to pay as much attention and maybe that's just my short attention span speaking. But I think TikTok is definitely like if we're talking about the one that I'm most interested and most intrigued by, I think is going to have like the most impact in the coming years. I think that's the one to watch. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. I think we're, I think businesses are trying to figure out TikTok are, you know, yeah. us included, right? Um, trying to figure mm -hmm. out where does TikTok fit? Um, but it's very interesting, even listening to you. And even when I think about it, there's so many platforms that you are consuming on. I mean, multiple, not so many, but multiple. So as a business mm -hmm. owner, it's kind of that like struggle of where do I build? Like I want to be everywhere, but some businesses don't have the bandwidth or capacity to be everywhere. They don't have marketing teams and things like that. So, um, you know, where, where do you think like, you know, a solopreneur, for example, that has limited, you know, bandwidth with social media, how do they decide? How do they pick a platform? What's, what sort of, what would you advise them? You know, anybody listening? That's a really good question. I think, it's kind of a few fold. One, I think it's really important, especially for somebody who's like a solopreneur, doesn't have a lot of resources or a big team to pick a platform that they already use and enjoy. Yeah. Too often I've seen people think like, oh, I should be on Instagram, but they don't engage with Instagram or they don't really enjoy the platform. They don't enjoy creating the kind of content that the people want there. And so I think number one, you have to enjoy the platform that you choose because it's just going to make your content that much better. Like if you love writing short, quick, quippy stuff, like Twitter's the place for you. Get there and just do it really well. Own that space. I think there's room for everybody, for every kind of niche and audience to be on any kind of platform. So that's number one. You have to really enjoy creating content for that platform or um, at least understand how the platform works for sure. The second is figuring out where your audience or where the people that you're trying to reach are already consuming content and finding a marriage of, of the former question of do I enjoy creating content there and where they are. Um, because if you try to do too many of them, you will inevitably kind of like flop a little bit because you'll be too busy, you'll forget one. And these social media platforms these days require a lot of attention. They require a high level of content creation. People um, really pay attention to that. I think consumers are more discerning than they ever have been before. They're really quick to hit unfollow and follow, but more probably quick to say like, mm, not interested anymore, like unfollow. And then it's so easy to lose somebody. And so you have to spend enough time on a platform to really get to know the people there. So I think those are the kind of like most important considerations to make is where are my people and where do I enjoy creating and then finding the marriage between the two. And it's not going to be all of them. I think for, for larger businesses, probably including ours, we like to be everywhere because, because we need to be everywhere. But even for you screen, for example, there are some of the social media platforms that we put less stock mm -hmm. into 
than others. We don't spend as much time creating content specifically for Facebook, but we spend a lot of time on Instagram and on TikTok and on YouTube because we know that video creators are going to be on those platforms and because we, we have teammates who enjoy creating for those. Does that mean that, that Facebook is a bad social media platform? No, it's a great social media platform, obviously. Um, but it's just not for everybody anymore. It's definitely shifted a lot. Um, and we may get back there when we decide to, to do more stuff with community. And so it's about a few things for sure. Do I like it? Where are my people? And how much bandwidth does uh, do I have and do the people that I'm working with have? That's a great answer. <laughs> That's a really good answer. I, it's, it's, such a, it's such a big question, right? It's like, oh, man, like there's so much FOMO happening. There's so much like I should be here. And I heard this like expert say that I should be on Facebook or Instagram, it's like, oh man, how do I do that? How do I do that well? So yeah, um, what are some trends that you're seeing? Like, you know, you're like, let's just dive into even TikTok or or short form content in general. Um, what are, what are some of the trends that you're seeing out there? Because uh, I know that we share some things back and forth uh, within our team. Like, oh man, this is happening. Yeah, what are what are some of those that you're you're kind of like surprised with or just like really grabs your attention? Let's go TikTok. Yeah. So I think on TikTok, one of the trend, a couple of the trends that I'm seeing are, I kind of, in my head, I, I call TikTokers like mini YouTubers <laughs> because the version that I'm on of, of TikTok is like people who are very serious about making really great videos, but they're just shorter and they're vertical. And so the form is just a little bit different than your kind of traditional YouTuber in that they're they're taking a little bit more time to create something that's really short and the messaging has to be really tight. And so um, some of the niches that are doing this really well are people who are working in like food. I, I follow this one girl, I think her name is like Justine Snacks and her videos are so well produced and they're only a minute long but she's taught me so much and I, I take the information and I'm like, wow, like I should make that today. And then I will actually go and, and make it. And so it is very similar to YouTube in that sense, it's just shorter and it's a vertical video. So I see kind of the, the trend of, of short form video is like people are able to, they have more accessibility to it because it's not as, they don't see it as difficult to produce. They can just take their iPhone, set it up, get it done, use the TikTok tools to, to edit it and send it out in the world and do that at a much larger volume, which we all know like TikTok is, is very fast moving. You have to create a lot of content in order to get popular there. And so that's one trend I see. Another that I'm seeing a lot of is um, people vlogging mm. on TikTok, oh, which yeah. I, I vlogging is actually something that I was kind of interested in on um, YouTube. I always kind of like, sat in the world of like mommy blogger type people. And so a lot of them do like family vlogs, things like that, that I think I always thought were really interesting. Um, but you see now creators doing like a daily vlog on TikTok and it's n not particularly interesting. It's like 60 seconds of content, but they're doing it every single day to get a lot of attention um, and to get really vulnerable with their audiences, which that's something that I'm really interested in is kind of like this YouTube versus TikTok, like, are they really the same kind of creators question, which I'm going to do the hot take of yes, mm -hmm. um, but just in different formats. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a big question. That's a, actually a really big discussion. When I talk to um, a lot of our guests that are on YouTube, they're like, I don't know if my, my, my audience is on 
TikTok. It's like, yes, they are. But, you know, and then it's, it's always that battle of like, what do I make on TikTok that's not already on YouTube? And it's like this whole thing back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's those are those are some really interesting trends that you shared um, on the recipes. Like there's recipes. There's also um, there's also like reaction videos that I see on YouTube uh, uh, reacting to TikTok videos or. Um, there's actually this one uh, one vlogger that I follow, and he created. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make all the recipes, the trending recipes from TikTok. And I would watch it. I'm like, why am I watching this guy <laughs> just do all the TikTok, you know, famous recipes? Very interesting. But yeah, no, that that's that's really cool. Um, I know we talked a little bit about some of the challenges for creators, you know, like trying to figure out which you know which platform to be on. But what are you seeing out there, you know? just in the space that, you know, creators are facing in terms of actually, actually turning their content into a business? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think one of the bigger challenges that creators are facing is figuring out how to monetize because there are a lot of different options, but I think there's a lot of like stars in the sky in terms of which ones are like easy, don't require a lot of work, things like getting to be part of creator funds or even on TikTok, I feel like there's a lot of TikTokers that are like, it's easy, just post lots of content and then you'll get emails and brand deals and job opportunities. And that may be happening for some people, but it's not happening for everybody. In fact, I saw, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups about marketing and I saw a woman post and she posted a screenshot of her TikTok. She had 100,000 followers and a very niche following, but she said, I don't understand why I'm not getting brand deals, but people with 5,000 followers are getting brand deals. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it's a little bit harder for some people than other people. So I think that's one mm. of the challenges is, it seems like it's gonna be really easy because for some people it is and some mm -hmm. niches it is. For sure, like in the fashion beauty categories, it's like, that's a lot of e-commerce. Yeah. And so it's kind of like really obvious, easy, and that industry is already and has been really in tune with this like yeah. influencer mm -hmm. economy already for a long time. And so it's, it's simple for them. They're already probably on some really nice tools for influencers looking for these TikTokers yeah. and just sending out brand deals like nobody's business. And it probably takes up a majority of their yeah. marketing budget. But for somebody else who's maybe in an industry or a niche that, that isn't in that, in that space yet, it becomes a little bit more challenging. And so somebody could be putting an equal amount of work or even more work or better work in than somebody who is just kind of on there showing outfits. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's great. I follow <laughs> a lot of that content, like a lot, a lot, a lot, but the effort doesn't always equal the dollars or the brand deals. And so I think that's one challenge is that um, there's probably not enough education out there about the different types of ways that you can monetize a mm. video business or monetize your career business. It's kind of like, the, there's ones that just stick out in the stars, like brand deals, creator funds, affiliates, like those things are, are great, but not everybody's going to have luck with mm -hmm. them. And so um, I think it's important for creators to have more education about the types of opportunities that there are, but also feel empowered to take control a little bit more about about what it is and not just kind of wait for the opportunities to come. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Um... Yeah, like there's brands um, or there's there are verticals like fashion and software where, yeah, you know, the, the companies tend to know that there's a return on influencers and some that aren't. That is that is quite sad. Um, yeah, I like what you said there about like figuring out how to monetize because, I mean, where do you find that education, right? Like sometimes it is like that yeah. misconception of like, hey, this could be so easy. 
like I'm seeing, you know, this person like blow it up. Like I could do that. I can look like them and make this kind of content. Um, you know, where where can what are like some viable like places that you know creators can get business education? I'll give a shameless shout out to the Uscreen Let's blog. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, we really do have a content team who is just pushing out blog post after blog post after blog post, and they are not little bitties. They are the real deal. They're long, really full of content. And so I'm going to give a sh shameless shout out to our blog, but I also think there are a lot of a lot of people on YouTube, on TikTok, who are trying to educate about this, who are talking about it. So if, if you need search terms, like search up how to monetize creator economy and you'll start to kind of like get into that algorithm to feed you more of that. Um, it is more challenging, I think, than, than, we, than we want it to be. But I would say surround yourself by people who you think are doing it really well. Try to get into their communities um, and try to learn from other people. It's sometimes like we think the question or the answers are just gonna come to us, but we haven't asked the questions yet. So I think like for creators out there who are wondering like, where do I get this information? You gotta kind of dig for it a you little do, bit, yeah. search for it, slide into people's DMs, right. ask anybody because the more knowledge that we share, the better. If you are a creator who knows this kind of stuff, share it with other people, sing it out loud because um, the bigger this creator industry is, the more people that know how to do it, that's a good thing. Um, and it, it only fuels a, a lot of things really, but um, it fuels this industry and it fuels creatives. It fuels the social media platforms to do better, to create better tools for them. And it fuels companies like ours to do better too, yeah. and to be able to create better tools and, and understand our, our consumers a little bit better. Yeah. yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah. Just start connecting with the, the creators that are actually doing it. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, okay. I want to, I want to shift a little bit because uh, we kind of just like really quickly noted it, but you used to work for a Uscreen customer that has done very well uh, using Uscreen. And so I want to ask you, what are some of the ways, like the folks that are listening, that may be looking to build their own Netflix or their own platform of you know monetizing their videos. Um, how how do they make that shift? How do they get people from TikTok or Instagram or YouTube over to you know from that free content over to paying you for specific content or maybe even some of the same content? So how does that? How do you do yeah. that? I think that's a great question is like if you already have a lot of content somewhere else and you're looking to monetize it sometimes the question would will be like well why would somebody pay yeah. me for something that i'm offering for free mm -hmm. or how am i even going to get them from x to x to z to y to a to b you know what i'm saying yeah. um so how do i how do i get them there and also just how is the big that's question. the big I question how yeah it's a few things um, in terms of how to get people from A to B, it's a, there's channels in between that I think are really important. I am a huge fan of email marketing, always will be, but I think that's a big, big miss sometimes for creators as they think like, I'm just going to promote that I have this business that people can come buy stuff. And unless you're like the most popular creator and your merch is going to sell out in six minutes, I saw that happen the other day, by the way, and I, my mind was blown. Um, <laughs> Unless you're that popular, you're going to have to do some more legwork in between. You're going to have to figure out how to build an email list, figure out your sales channels, really think about your funnels and how they work. And so it's a little bit more challenging, but 
100% achievable. It's just about kind of making sure that you're using all of your marketing channels and you're not necessarily looking at it as if I, if I have followers and subscribers and I tell them about this thing, they're going to come here mm -hmm. because they, they do love your free content, but there's some nurturing that has to happen in the middle to get them to understand why they have to pay for it. Now that begs the question of why would they pay for it? And it's all in the value prop, really. Even if you took all of your YouTube content, you put it in a, in a platform and you wanted to sell those videos, it's really like about how you message it, mm -hmm. about how you organize it, make it into a course, make it sequential, make it into a program for a lot of our fitness creators out there. There are things that you can do to just organize it a little bit better mm -hmm. and kind of create it into this package that's so nicely tied up with a bow so that the, the subscribers or the followers no longer have to discover and find your content, but you're giving it to them this Again, beautiful little package that they just have to pay for and then it's ready to go for them. And that is a lot of the value prop mm -hmm. is just organizing it in a way that's more consumable and easy for people to get. The other part of it is, is there something premium or something that you can add on top of the video content that you're already creating? Can you have um, exclusive videos just for your paid subscribers? Mm -hmm. Can you have live streaming just for your paid subscribers? Can you have additional live streaming if you want to do like once a day and you want to do two more, but they're only for your paid subscribers? Can you do that? The, the money there is going to add up. Um, and so you just have to figure out like, what is that premium offer that, that I can add on top of that? Maybe it's even that they'd get access to a special community mm -hmm. or something like that being part of your, your paid subscriber base. So it's, making sure that all of your, your marketing channels are being used and you're not just kind of um, wishing and hoping because you have a follower base on, on a social media platform and, are you, and on YouTube that, that you'll all of a sudden just be, be selling things because that's just not really how, how it works. You are gonna have to do some marketing in between, um, but also what is that offer? What is that special thing that's like, people will get FOMO, they're gonna want it. And then how can you, once you have a subscriber base, create that FOMO, create that excitement around the people who are paying for it so that they're going to go tell other people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. The, um, you know, I, I actually was talking to, I mean, we talked to a lot of creators, but I talked to a smaller creator, I, I guess a smaller creator, you know, I think he had about a few thousand subscribers and he was doing very well financially with his business because he, you know, was really thinking about the distribution. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about here now, right, Jamie? It's like distribution channels for your content and looking at your content as like a product and where do I put it? What shelves, you know, do I put it in? Um, because then I was talking to another creator that had a much larger, I think it was probably around 80 or 70,000 subscribers on YouTube, but couldn't really figure out what goes into my membership and what should, why, you know, and like, and the questions that we were just talking about now, like, what do I put there? And, and couldn't really wrap, you know, his head around, like, why would somebody pay me for content that I have here already? And it's interesting, because like, yeah, larger, larger, larger audience, but just couldn't wrap their head around the distribution side. And so I think that's probably, again, back to the education you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about for those people, you still have to give away a lot of stuff for free. Yeah. That's the expectation of consumers and of viewers these days. It's like you have to give away 
the farm, but you have like your prize horse in the stable <laughs> and they're what people come to see and they have to pay $5 for it. It's like that. You have to give it all away, most of it, and then figure out that little piece of what am I going to hold special or what am I going to make different for the people who are going to pay and what is the value to them? Make sure you do some, some pricing modeling and things like that. But it's most of the stuff is still going to be free yeah. and that is marketing. That's how you get people into your funnel. You get people into your ecosystem, get people excited with you. And for lack of a better word, like literally obsessed with you enough that they would become your raving fan and pay you for something that they could get for free. If you think about it, you can get almost anything, any knowledge that you that you would get and pay for for free yeah. on the internet. Mm -hmm. You can learn how to work out for free on the internet. You can pretty much get a college education <laughs> for could. free on the internet. You can learn anything in the creative space for free online, but people pay for those services to learn it quicker in a more organized fashion all the time. And the same goes for content that you create. You just have to figure out that piece in between of what's the special thing, what's the prize that people are gonna want once they're really obsessed with it. Yeah, you. that's it, that's really it. I mean, I'm gonna give a shout out to, you know, um, Jason David, Jason David, one of our users, like his YouTube channel, you guys can look it up. Uh, Jason David Music he has about 6,000 subscribers on YouTube. But um, if you guys listen to his interview, I think we did an interview recently on our YouTube channel. He's doing very, very well uh, on his Uscreen membership. So, you know, you don't need a massive channel. You just need to think about the, you know, the distribution. What Jamie said here, you know, people, <laughs> what do you need to do to get people to really just like, want to support you and and i like what you said about organization i think that's a huge part of what people pay for too um amazing okay yeah. i've got one final question for you jamie but before we jump into that uh let's let people know where to connect with you where are you active on on platforms where can people connect with you if they want to maybe even bring you onto their podcast or anything like that yeah absolutely so Definitely, if you're listening, we would love to have you follow us, Uscreen, on TikTok. That's kind of a platform that we're really excited about this year. So um, look up Uscreen TV on TikTok. But if you want to connect with me personally, um, you can find me on Instagram. That's like the easiest way to get connected is at Jamie E. Myers. We'll put that in the show notes on Instagram. Um, but also you can find me on LinkedIn feel free, email me, we can stick that out there too. But um, I'm definitely most active on Instagram. You'll find me mostly posting puppy pictures, <laughs> which hopefully everybody in our audience loves as much as I do. I've become really obsessed with my puppy this year, but that's the best place. I check my DMs frequently and I and I like to connect with people. Yep, there. yep. If you want a daily dose of Jamie's puppy on the stories, you'll, you'll, you'll get it, you'll get it. Uh, so follow her on Instagram, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Final question for you, Jamie, uh, for everybody out there listening, what is, you know, you're in the middle of this. We are here at Uscreen of the creator economy. Um, what's your, what's your prediction or a, you know, tip for creators looking to monetize their content, uh, in 2022 and beyond? Um, I think my tip, let's go there. My tip for creators who want to monetize their content this year is to just do it. I think we just touched on this a little bit is like, no matter how big your audience is, if you're building an audience of people who are really engaged with you, you can find that thing. There is that thing for you that you can monetize in one way or another, no matter how you do it. 
But I think that the trick is, is to not let that imposter syndrome get in the way. There's lots of us out here who want to become creators in one way or another, myself included. I definitely struggle with that imposter syndrome. Um, but I think it's it's important to kind of get past that and, and just um, decide that you're going to do it. Explore the avenues with which you could and then go for it. The worst that could happen is nothing. The worst that can happen is you've learned something. And so that's my big tip is to really just go for it and to explore avenues outside of monetizing just with um, creator funds, just with affiliate links and just with um, brand deals. You really want to go out there and take control of your own fate, of your own business. Treat it like one. I think that's really important too. Like if you want to make money being a creator, if you want it to be a hobby, treat it as a hobby totally cool. But if you're out there and you're like, I want to make this a business, I want to make it a really big business, you can. The tools are at your disposal. It's just a matter of making that decision to treat it like that. Uh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> just just get on and do it. Uh, that's amazing. I love it. Uh, Jamie, this has been so good and uh, just excited for the years to come. That, and I'm really cool that you're leading our marketing team here. So thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss any new episodes as they're published each week. And if you want to learn more about using Uscreen for your business or want to join our affiliate partner program, head over to uscreen.link slash podcast to get more information. And I'll see you in the next episode.